Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming to Into His Word. Uh, as I always say, get that Bible out, get ready. Uh, when you come to Into His Word, we must learn to stay into His Word because God's Word will preserve us and keep us no matter what we think. Uh, his Word does not come back void, and it will help us in more ways than we can ever imagine, both sinner saint believer and non-believer the word of god is will help you i want to say a special shout out to the people up in hamilton ontario frankfurt dubai louisiana oregon colorado new york manila uh, all parts of california of of course england illinois new mexico Bangladesh, the Philippines, Germany, France, Virginia. Uh, that's just to name just a few of the places that's listening. We're so glad that you're tuning in and we kind of uh, inspire you to continue to do so. Because remember, if we want to see a change, it's going to start with us one person at a time. And uh, as we change, we can help change others by the power of God and in his word. So, the night before nights, uh, the night before a night that is celebrated, uh, this is a scary message. Haha, <laughs> scary message. Uh, many of you may have thought that, uh, anyway, let's get into this. Let's pray on October the 30th, 2020. Dear Lord and Savior, we come before you tonight, God, asking you to touch our hearts and our minds and our souls. Help us to be receptive to your word. Help us to understand your word. Help us to believe your word. Because we know that you are true and that there is no lie in you. There's, there's nothing impossible that you cannot do according to your riches and glory. God, we pray for this COVID thing to leave, to dissipate, uh, a cure to be found, whatever it is that our leaders are trying to do to subside this. We, we ask in the name of Jesus, those that have been affected by the COVID, we ask you that you touch them and heal their bodies and touch their souls and their minds. Uh, those that have lost loved ones, we ask that you encourage them and give them strength to get through. Yep, to get through, Lord. For we all know one time or another in life that we will, or if we have not already, lose the loved one. And that is a tremendous loss. That, that's a big deal. So we pray for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we pray for health and wealth and that we all do well in our transportations. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bible, which I pray that you do, uh, just grab mine. So let's open it up to the book of Joel. J-O-E-L. The book of Joel. 
this is going to be a uh, more of a Bible study tonight. So we're going to have to have uh, your Bible handy. There's going to be quite a few scriptures mentioned here. And uh, maybe I'll try to put this up on the website somewhere. But if, you, if you're able to hang in there, it's not going to be rapid. And you'll be able to keep up, write down these scriptures, and refer back to them later when you want to. But we're going to discuss uh, a scary place tonight. But in the hearts of some people, it may not be a real place. In the minds of others, it may be a real place. And then again, it may not be a real place. But we always want to use the Bible as our standard for living and believing. Uh, everybody has a standard. So we want to have the Bible be our standard. Amen. So Joel chapter 3. And we're going to go to verse 14. And the 14th verse of Joel chapter 3 says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Or in the valley of determination. Uh, that decision, that means determination. Are you determined today to live for God, to believe in God's word? So that's something to consider and to ponder on while we're here in this scary message. All right. So we're going to take a look at uh, some things here tonight uh, regarding hell, regarding Satan, regarding the Bible, what it says about hell, and of course, we're going to get into heaven because that's the place we want to go to. Amen? Well, amen. So turn, if you would, please, to Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, chapter 15, excuse me, chapter 32. And we go to verse 15. A lot of reading, 32 and 15. And it says this, 32... Uh, but Joshron waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when thou, and when the Lord saw it, he abhorred, abhorred him because of his provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them and I will see what their end shall be. For they are a forward generation, children of whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities 
and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto them unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Well, here we have it where God is pretty upset with people, wouldn't you say? Amen. He's going to hide his face from them and their end shall be. God does not want this for us, for his people. God wants us to be saved and we all know that. But here in the book of Deuteronomy, we see that they have moved God to jealousy with that which is not God. They worship false gods. They put God to the side. Verse 17, they sacrificed unto devils. In other words, they put devils or the idolatry above God himself, the one and only, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Here in the book of Deuteronomy, the second law is what is known as Exodus, the book of Exodus being the law and the Deuteronomy being the law repeated or the second law. And some of the things are being reemphasized here that was mentioned in the book of Exodus. What we have here is a situation where uh, God uh, was using Moses who wrote the first five books of the Bible known as the Pentateuch to uh, try to get these people to go straight. But he also knew what the end would be like at a particular time. Let's turn to second Samuel. We're going to read about the sorrows of hell. Second Samuel verse 22, second Samuel verse 22. And reading in verse six, I'm in 1 Samuel. Just give me a second here. 1 and 2 Samuel are right next door to each other, so that kind of can happen a lot. Second Samuel verse 22, uh, chapter 22 and verse 6, it says this. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. Hell, known as Sheol, he says this, the writer, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. This is David writing. David was in a situation, and it was a bad situation. Uh, the word sorrow stands for a noose or snares in the original language. So there was snares uh, like or a noose like you would use for catching an animal. I've seen dog catchers get out with a long pole with a noose around it so they could try to catch the dog or a snare. Uh, David had, he was in sorrow, the Bible says. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. 
They're all around him. The sorrows of hell. What is, and hell equals death. Hades is what is known as. This is not a great place to be in this situation. And we'll get more into that later. The wicked are in hell. Psalms 9 and 17. Let's go there. Psalms 9 and 17. Psalms 9 and 17 says this. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now we know that hell is beneath, better known as Sheol. This is the end of the wicked. This is where all the wicked will be. Who are the wicked? The guilty, the ungodly, and the morally wrong. Remember, the Bible is our standard, is where we start. We start here. And sure, some people deviate a little bit to the left or to the right, but the Bible sets the standard for the believer and for the non-believer. The Bible sets the standard for what we should believe and how we should live. The nations, the root word for nations is is person or a group of people or a mass. It gives the sense of a mass of people. So the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. There's a group of people out there, people or nations that have nothing to do with God. And they have difficult times, difficult lives. And we see that they're immoral and they're living their life contrary to the way that our Lord and God wants them to live. And And they're worshiping false gods. But there is a place for them. Hallelujah. God has mercy and loving kindness for everybody. And in some of these nations uh, that uh, these people have turned to God, to Jesus, they've turned their life around. Maybe not all, but a few have turned to Jesus. And by turning to Jesus, they have changed their course. Maybe not the course of the whole entire country, but their course. And and, and uh, heavenly bound. Amen. So God's mercy. Let's go to Psalms 86 and 13. Psalms 86 and 13 says this. For great is thy mercy toward me. And thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Now, obviously, another prayer of King David, praying about God's power and his goodness, but he still desires to have God's grace. But he realizes that God's mercy, God's loving kindness, God's favor, God's good deeds delivered David, delivered him from that place of sorrow that he was in, that place of being in hell feeling like there was a noose around his neck. How many times have you felt like you were going through hell or like you were having a very difficult time in life and you just didn't know how to get out of it? Well, we've mentioned it before, and this is a, a repeated cycle throughout the Bible to let us know that different situations may come in our life, problems may arise, uh, just like Joel at three times, uh, uh, Job, 
all of a sudden, all these problems hit, and we just don't know how to get out of it. But we got to stay faithful to God, and we have to stand upon the word of God. Hallelujah. So this place is called hell. Well, hell is not a great place. But, but how do we get there? How are people getting there? Well, they're getting there by not doing what the word of God says. That's for sure. But there was a deceiver that came along. And he disguised himself. He can take on any form that he wants to take on. or And by taking on a different form, frequently fools people, tricks people, uses other people, uses loved ones, uses anyone that could speak negativity into their life or that can fool them with trickery. Uh, just like he did uh, a popular story. Uh, is Eve, one of the most easiest stories to remember in the Bible, where he beguiled, the Bible says he beguiled uh, uh, Eve. He just tricked her. He says, surely God had not said. How many times has somebody come to you and say, oh, surely that's not going to be that way. Oh, no, that's not going to happen that way. Oh, yes, that will happen that way. I'm sure that's happened quite a few times in your life. But let's go to 2 Corinthians that's it way back in the New Testament from where we are right now. I'm turning to it too as you're turning to it. Second Corinthians, and we're going to go to chapter 11, uh, verse 14. Now this is a little different than what uh, the way uh, the message is normally displayed. This is uh disseminated to you uh, I felt led to do this on such a night and hopefully this would help change uh, uh, the way people look at uh, the way this this time of year or this this is celebrated in your home or in your household because uh, as we know some people may look at this as uh, all's hollow eve or something like that or the night of the living dead uh, things like that, and, and worship the adversary, but this is this is wrong. This is wrong. So we see here, Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, was that chapter eleven and verse fourteen says this, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, in order to be transformed, that means you had to be changed. Ha! Changed from something into something else. Uh, it could be verbally. How many times have you known you're just talking to somebody, and all of a sudden they just flip? And what, what, what happened? Well, a common term that they use nowadays is that person must be bipolar. And that might be a fact. Or maybe they just had a a change of heart, a change of mind, but they just flip. But I just use that as to let you know that Satan himself was transformed into an angel of light. He's an arch deceiver. In the Greek word, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, the word adversary describes Satan or his biblical name. Well, that's one of his biblical names, uh, He's the head of the fallen angels. He's the chief head of the fallen angels. Remember, he was kicked out of heaven 
uh, because he thought he was better than God and then took a third of the uh, the angels with him. They followed after him. He's the grand adversary of God and man. He's the enemy of God and man. Uh, if, if God says this is good, guaranteed that uh, the adversary is duplicating something and it's not going to be good, but it's going to be similar to what God has um, placed before you. The adversary is known by many names and a lot of different descriptions. And uh, uh, I have a list of 14 of them here. I'll, I'll mention them with the Bible reference, and I might pick out one or two to read, but uh, that's, that's quite a bit of reading. Number one, Satan is known as the devil. He's a slanderer. He will slander you, make you feel bad, make you feel bad in public, uh, slander you. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 11, Revelations 12 and 12. He's known as Apollon, Apollon. Revelations 9 and 11. He's the accuser of the brethren. That's a, that's a popular scripture uh, that we read a lot and, and we mention a lot in the, in the church. Uh, he, he's the accuser. You would be accused. Uh, you did something wrong, you know, and you didn't do anything wrong a lot or at all. Send somebody your way to accuse you of something and you have done nothing. He is accuser of the brethren. Again, he's an adversary. First Peter five and eight. Let's turn there. First Peter. Let me find it too. First Peter, just a little bit back from Corinthians. Let's see where we're at here. First Peter five and eight. And it says this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the arch, the person after your soul, the adversary, your, your adversary, your adversary, yours. That makes it personal. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Hallelujah. He's after you. Let's go forward. Whom resisted steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So he's going after the roaring lion who is, who, who, he's like a roaring lion. He's going after those, it says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So there are some that were in the faith, but they resisted. They were stiff. They were straight, stable, strong, and sure in their resistance to the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Your brethren that are in the world. So there are some that are listening at the sound of my voice. They're in the Bible. They're in the book. But somehow... You know, everybody has a belief, but you may resist some of it. And you may not want to accept it all. And you're stiff. You're strong. You're stable in that. Whom resisted steadfast the faith. But he goes on to say in Peter, 
knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. So your brethren, the backsliders, that's got to be your brother. Hallelujah. So we got to resist the tempter. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's move on. The one that contends or opposes is the adversary. One that contends or opposes uh, or resists or having opposition, uh, opposing interests, an opponent. Uh, the original is uh, an opponent, the arch enemy, the adversary. He's known as Beelzebub, Belial. Uh, Beelzebub in Matthew 24, uh, 12 and 24. Belial, 2 Corinthians 6 and 15. He's better known as the deceiver of the whole world. Not just your neighborhood, not just your place of employment, not just as you're driving down the street, not just your house, but the whole world. The original means he causes to roam from causes us to roam from safety or truth or virtue and to go astray. He deceives us, uh, seduces, and makes us wonder. Oh, I wonder what would happen if I put my hand in the blender while it's running. Oh, I wonder what would happen if I just go astray from what I know is right and do something that I know is contrary. Oh, I wonder what would happen if I do a hundred miles an hour on the wrong way on the on the freeway, uh, going head on in the traffic. He's a deceiver, causes to accept uh, us true or valid, what is false or invalid. He's tricky. He caused Eve and many countless others to accept things that were false as truth. Revelations. Let's go to Revelations 12 and 9. A little bit further back. Revelations. This should be scaring some people. And I don't mean like a scary movie, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, all the blood and guts and all that. But what what I'm speaking about here is that a way of life. Who are we believing? Whose voice are we listening to? What kind of choices are we making in life? Are we listening to God or are we being deceived and fooled by the adversary? Revelations 12 and 9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels was cast out with him. Wait a minute, cast out from where? Cast out from heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's where he was. He was cast out. All right, let's go on. So we have, we just read, he's the great dragon. That's number eight, the evil one. Matthew 13, uh, 1 John 2, and 1 John 5. Uh, The father of lies. Wait a minute. He was a liar from the beginning. Didn't he tell Eve something that was a lie? That old serpent. 
We read that already, Revelations 12 and 9. He's the prince of this world, of this world. Remember, God is not of this world. And neither are you if you're born again of the water and of the spirit. You, If you're born again of the water and of the spirit, according to the word of God, you have power within you, just like Jesus did to fight off and say, it is written, get thee behind me, Satan. But the key to it all is staying into the word. Stay into his word. The prince of the powers of the air and the tempter. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and 2. Go back a little bit to Ephesians. There we are. Ephesians 2 and 2. Uh, let's see. Is that right? Ephesians 2 and 2. Where in the time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So when you're working, when you're walking, when you're living, and it's not for God, you decided not to live for God, you decided to do things contrary to the word of God, wherein time, in time past you walked according to the course of this world, hallelujah, to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom... Also, we had our conversations in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And whereby nature, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Hallelujah. But that was in times past. Hopefully you got it right. But just in case, you're children of darkness, children of disobedience doing things contrary to the word of God. Let's just be real. This is the word of God. This is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. And we read about how Jesus, let's go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Uh, let's back uh, the other way here. All the T scriptures are together. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, and Titus. But uh, as you can hear, I always have a problem finding those. But I will find them. Ah, there we go. All right, Thessalonians. All right. Why am I doing this? Because I'm trying to help some people get saved. First Thessalonians 3 and 5. First Thessalonians. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter, having tempted you and our labor, be in vain. The tempter. We're talking about the adversary. And don't let the labor 
of one that's bringing the word of God to you being vain, worthless, not any good. But God's word won't come back void. Bible tells us that uh, one waters, one plants the seed, but God gives the increase. So we believe in that God is going to give the increase. Let's go to 1 Timothy, which is to the right. 1 Timothy 3 and 6. Uh, now, when we're coming to God, we should read, we should study the word of God. For a man knoweth not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Talking to Timothy, not a novice, least being lifted up with pride, falling to the, what? The condemnation of the devil. This is a condemnation. It's a, it's a condemning. It's, a, it's, it's due to feeling bad and giving in to the devil, giving in to things that aren't right. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Moving on down the road here. Primary method is deception about himself, his purpose, his activities, and his coming defeat. Someone would say, oh, he's not all that bad. The devil's okay. Oh, it's not bad. But you know what? Remember, he's a deceiver. Revelations 12 and 9. The devil's main purpose is one thing and one thing only. Uh, I can't say one thing. Well, it's to deceive you. He's a deceiver, deception, trickery, whatever it takes to get you to go astray from God. Oh, we just don't feel like doing that. Oh, we'll be okay. Oh, look at everybody else. They're not doing it. Let's go with the people that's not doing it. But then again, there's multitudes and multitudes that are doing it. But as we read the scripture at the beginning, multitudes, multitudes. And Joel, uh, what was that? Joel 3 and 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. That's a valley. And the valley is a low place. They're down in the low place trying to make a decision. Let's move on up a little higher. Bible says to look up for your redemption draweth not. Speaking of Jesus, he's up above. He's not down below. He's not in the valley of decision. Multitudes are in the valley of decision. They're not sure if they want to live for God or not. They're not sure if they should do this or that. But God gave us a sound mind, and he wants us to live for him. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, God wants to transform you, change your life, and have you live for him. Praise God. So the main deal here with the adversary, his purpose of Satan is to kill, steal, and destroy. He's a thief. And as a thief, thieves slaughter for one for any purpose that's killing he's going to slaughter or slay for any purpose he doesn't care the devil is stealthy uh he likes to plunder whatever it takes to get whatever and uh, a lot of people are under that influence that's why we have so many evil thoughts evil doings this daily weekly yearly in the news you know people innocently killed ran over by car shot gun, gun chases uh car chases by the police on the freeway uh 
uh, senseless murders and rapes and killings, you know, countless, this goes on and on and on. Uh, they, they're under the wrong influence. They've been deceived by the deceiver. The deceiver says, oh, surely God had not said if you do that, you won't get in trouble. Go ahead, do it. And you're not going to get caught and they get caught, slammed in jail for the rest of their life, sitting there scratching their heads. What 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 happened? What went wrong? Well, they could have had that Bible study that they turned down. Well, they could have went to church that when they said, "Nah, I'd rather go hang out with these other people. They're going to have fun and exciting things while they're avoiding trouble, while they're doing criminal acts. And then they get caught and then they're gone off to jail. He came to destroy you fully, kill, steal and destroy the adversary's main purpose, kill, steal, and destroy. Destroy your soul, destroy your future, destroy your life, destroy your faith in God, kill your, to plunder for any purpose, to slay, to steal away your hope in Jesus by doubt and confusion. The, the devil is a liar. But the Bible describes hell. Let's take a look at that. Now we're getting scary. You, as a believer or a non-believer, is this a place where you would want to go? We've all heard about hell. We know hell is in belief. If you even, even if you don't believe or don't know what hell is, in your mind, you have the concept that hell is below. Does this tell the truth? And that heaven is above. Maybe you was taught that in Sunday school but it, but it's in there. It's in, it's in your body. It's in your mind. Uh, you just can't get away from it. That's just the way it is. Let's go to Matthew 25 and 41. I think we ought to lay the foundation first right here about this place. And I don't really think that this place was prepared for those that believe in God. Let's take a look here. Matthew 25 and 41. If you have it, say amen. All right, amen. I think I heard you out there. <laughs> 25 and 41. This is who hell was prepared for. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, on the left hand, the right hand is power and faith with God. The left hand are those right here. He says, then shall, the, the, <clears throat> excuse me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Everlasting fire. We've been seeing a lot of that in the great state of California and I, up there in uh I think it was Colorado. They had some fires up there too. And uh, I'm sure some other places have fire. I remember some fires was over. I think it was in Australia a couple of years ago or New Zealand, somewhere like that. Fire's been happening. So we know how fires can be, how hot they can be. But here he says, not just a fire that the policeman or that the firemen can put out, uh, multitudes of firemen. He said, an everlasting fire. Hallelujah. Depart from me into an everlasting fire, ye cursed. Well, who are the cursed? The sinners, the ones that don't believe in God, the ones that aren't doing right. 
I'm sorry. That's just what the Bible. Well, I don't apologize. That's just what the Bible says. That's what it says throughout the Bible. You sin. This is where you're heading. But who was it prepared for? It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But it wasn't prepared for the for you. It wasn't prepared for those that want to live for God. It wasn't prepared for the ones that born again of the water and of the spirit. This place is prepared for the devil and his angels. An everlasting fire. A fire that can't be quenched. A fire that won't go out. This is who this place was prepared for. But what is it like? Well, there's total consciousness when you're in hell. Uh, the Bible tells us that there was a rich man in Lazarus. And the rich man, being in torment, looked up. What was he in torment from? The everlasting fire. He looked up and he asked for a drop of water on his tongue. Must have been pretty hot. We've had some hot days uh, this year. And man, that good a good cup of water, a good bottle of water, a good glass of water, ice cold water mm, has a way of quenching your thirst. I'm starting to salivate right now over some water. Oh, boy. It's eternal separation. This is a place of no return. Hallelujah. A sense in that people can get exactly what they want. So you live, you've heard it, you're living like the devil. You heard people say that. I know I've had. Well, and that's in this life. You live like the devil. But they, these are usually the older folks, the grandparents that say something like this, but they see how you're living. And it's not a godly way. And you, you're going around trying to connive and and and, and uh, hustle and get everything that you want in this life. Uh, it reminds me of an episode when I used to watch The Twilight Zone years and years and years ago. I'm going to get a plug in here for The Twilight Zone. It was, it was an episode, and it was called A Place to Visit. And you can probably find it on the Internet somewhere. A Place to Visit. And in this particular Twilight Zone episode, there was a robber. Yeah, a robber. Somebody that didn't believe in God. Someone that tried to steal something from someone else. And he was trying to escape from the robbery. Well, the police was after him, and they cornered him. The robber took out the gun and started shooting at the police, and the police shot him and killed him, and he fell to the ground, dead as a doorknob. But when he woke up, and he did wake up, but when he woke up, he was in this beautiful, beautiful penthouse, richy rich apartment. Hallelujah. A guy was there kicking him, saying, hey, get up, get up. So he woke up. He saw where he was at. He says, where am I? He said, this is yours. The guy, uh, let's call him the host or the, the butler. I don't know. He said, hey, this is yours. It's all yours. Beautiful everything. Richy rich. For us, it would be like a mansion nowadays, you know, the best of the best. However you can figure it. You know how these uh, sports legends are living like kings upon the earth. It would be similar to that. So he'd had the best of the best. And he had habits that he liked to do when he was a robber. And his habits including women, drinking, and gambling. 
and smoking a lot. So he was doing all that stuff. Whatever he wanted, the butler was there to give it to him. But after a while, all that got boring. And the guy said, man, this is a great place. But before it got boring, if I remember it right, before it got boring, the guy said, wow, this is a great place. I'm having great fun here. Man, this is great. But then he started going around gambling and still had all the women hanging around him and everything. And and he started losing. I'm sorry. He kept winning, but it got boring to him. And he was up in his room and he said, you know, I want to. I'm tired of this place. He started to feel like that he was in a bad place. And uh, he said, you know, this is this is boring. I want to go to that other. Well, no, he knew he was in a good place. That's it. But I want to go to that other place. So the guy runs over to the door, the robber. He runs over to the door. Hallelujah. Tries to open the door to get out. And, and the butler looks at him and he says, this is the other place. Ho! Oh! And the butler and the, and the butler starts laughing and and the robber looks stunned in his face because all this time he was getting everything that he wanted. The the robber thought he was in heaven. Well, here's a good example on how the devil is a deceiver and this man was deceived. Let me tell you friend if you're listening right now with a humble heart and with an open mind and with an open heart ready to receive what the word of God says the devil is a deceiver and if you've been following along in your uh, with the Bible study here you will realize that we did read about that Revelations 12 and 9 deceiver of the whole world he deceived Eve you can read that in the um in the first, uh, in the book of Genesis, he deceived the children of Israel. Hallelujah. That's why they, they had to get away. And uh, when Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments, they knew there was only one God. They knew there was supposed to only worship him and, and trust him and believe in him because Moses had told them so. Hallelujah. Moses had told them that God brought them through the Red Sea, et cetera, et cetera. But they didn't believe all of that. The devil had gotten into their hearts and they wanted to be like other people and he deceived them. And then that generation didn't even get to go to the promised land. They didn't get to cross over. It was a whole nother generation. They got to go into the promised land. Let me tell you, the deceiver ain't no joke. So uh, just as I explained to you from that old Twilight Zone episode, I remember The deceiver will deceive you into thinking that you can have all your riches and glory upon uh, when you pass away. Hallelujah. But you can't. You can't. Because when you pass away, you pass away. And it's not a great place. Revelations 21 and 8. Let's go there. I hope you're getting something out of this. Bible study. I know it's a little long and it is unusual, but I think it's necessary just to wake us up and get us back on track or get us on the track. If you've ever been on it and fell off, get back on it. Hallelujah. Revelations 21 and 8. We're going to start at 21 and 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. Overcometh. Overcome what? 
How about this? Overcome yourself because it's yourself that's going to keep you away from God. Hallelujah. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's the second death. That is the second death. They're all going to have your place in the lake of fire. The second death. Hallelujah. The lake, it burns with fire and sulfur. It's everlasting. Everlasting. Second Thessalonians cha- uh, chapter 1 and 9 tells us this is everlasting punishment in this place. place uh, this place called hell. Uh, Matthew 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, uh, verse 50 and 42 refers to it as a burning furnace. Revelations chapter 19 and 20 calls it the bur- a burning lake. Hallelujah. Uh, so where is it? It's a place of punishment. Uh, hell in the Greek is called Gehenna. It's referred to as a place of punishment. Well, obviously for the analogy for the story that was shared with you about the Twilight Zone, this man, it became a punishment to him. He received everything that he wanted when he was on the face of the earth by trying to rob and steal. And now he goes to this place and he gets, it was a punishment to him. And he wanted to escape that place and go to the other place when he was already in the other place. So why aren't we living for God? Remember, in Matthew, hell was not prepared for you, but for the devil and his angels. Uh, let's go to Mark uh, 9 and 43. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. 9 and 43 says this. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed. Enter into life. That's eternal life, not the life we have right now, but eternal life. Maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. This is an everlasting fire. Uh, Everything that is calculated to give an offense or dishonor, religion should be removed and that which endangers salvation shall be sacrificed. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean you literally cut off your hand, but everything that gets you away from religion, uh, I'm sorry, away from God, away from living from him, it's got to be removed. That's in danger. That's a a tangle. It's a snare unto your soul. And we got to watch how we speak and what we say. Hallelujah. We can't out of one mouth say two different things because this is not the will of God. For us, let's go to James chapter three. Go to the right in your Bible if you don't know, and keep on, keep on, keeping on. We got to go to James. Uh, that's another little tricky one to find, but 
we can find it. James chapter, what is it? James chapter 3. James 3 and 6. Right before Peter. James 3 and 6. Let's go to 3 and 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So was the tongue among your members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. So as you see with our tongue, it can head us off into the wrong direction if we're speaking wrong. This is the power of evil speech. And this can take us in the wrong direction. Speaking of Hades and Guiana, Hades, the abode of the dead, Revelations 20 and 13, Luke 16 and 22, talks about hell or Hades, the abode of the dead. Let's go to, um, let's go to Luke 16. Oh, we're getting close to the end here. Whoa, almost an old hour here. Luke. Luke 16. Luke 16 and verse 22 to verse 23. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, listen to this. Listen to this carefully. And in hell lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. But why would he say that? Because this guy admitted that for I am tormented in this fire. Let's go on a little further. It's getting good. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is, he is, what's that? Comforted, comforted, sorry. <laughs> but he is comforted and thou art tormented. So you see there's a change of plans here. Lazarus, the poor beggar man, is comforted. The rich man is tormented. But it's not because of he had riches, but he is pointing here in this setting of scripture, he's pointing out the attitude of the rich man got him in the wrong place. He got him in a place of torment. Remember, hell was not prepared for you, but for the devil and his angels. 
I hope this is scaring somebody straight. I hope this is making you think again about living for God. I hope this is leading you down that pathway of righteousness, making you think twice, making you scratch your head, making you say, hmm, making you think about it. Sheol, in the Hebrew, hell is known as Sheol, uh, S-H-E-O-L. It's called the grave or an unseen state. Remember Jonah was in the belly of the big fish, the Leviathan, the well, whatever you want to call it. Hallelujah. Jonah was there and he cried, but he was in a bad place and situation. As we read at the beginning of when we got started in the beginning, when we started, when David was talking about the sorrows of Samuel, I'm sorry, the sorrows of hell in 2 Samuel 22 and 6. Well, David, uh, not David, Jonah had his situation in, in the big fish. Jonah 2 and 2. He cried from hell. He was in the sorrow of the big fish in the belly. He was sorrowful. He went out of there. He tried to get away from God, but he went out of there. It wasn't the will of him to do what he did, so God got a hold of him. And somehow, some way, if God wants you, he can force you, but he's not, he's a gentleman. He's not going to do that nowadays. He gives us a choice. He gives every person a free will. You can or you can't. But remember with your decisions, just like with this rich man in the New Testament, with your decisions that you make, there are consequences. His decision that he made, hallelujah, he wound up in a place of torment. David has a song of praise in 2 Samuel chapter 22. Let's go there. I bet you that's pretty good. A song of praise. Second Samuel chapter 22 verses 4 through 6. Let's start at uh, verse 3 instead. Here's what it says. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and my horn of my salvation. My high tower and my refuge, my savior that saveth me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death compass me. Hold it. There it is. Compass me. Second Samuel 22, he was compassed with sorrow. When the, back to 21 and 5, or 22 and 5, he says, When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. Here it is again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the snares of death prevented me. In my distress, when I was feeling down, when I was going through the torment, when I was having a difficult time in life, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry 
did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook. And because, because of his wrath. We'll stop right there. But God heard David. Or Samuel. Samuel sorry. God heard him. God heard the voice. The Saul. David. I'm sorry. This is David. God heard him. And I believe God helped him out. And God will heal you. And God will help you out too. But you just got to get to a place in your life to where you're willing to ask God and to believe in God and to try to avoid the place that's not prepared for you, but prepared, but was prepared for the devil and his angels. Amen. What's that? Matthew 25. I think it's uh, 25 and 41, I believe it is. Let's take a quick look at heaven. Have you noticed uh, it seems to be if you if you do a Bible study on your own, there seems to be more mentioning about hell than what it is about heaven. Could that be is that God is trying to warn you, warn us, the reader, warn people about hell because hell is a terrible place to go because hell is real. Well, the Bible tells us about uh, in in heaven, um, heaven, it says, it says that's where God is. But let's, I want to, before we get into that, let's go to Timothy, 1 Timothy, way back in the New Testament, all those T's back there. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, we got uh, Thessalonians, Timothy, all right, 1 Timothy. Chapter 5, verse 24, one of my favorite scriptures that helps keep me straight. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Whoa, whoa. Have you repented of your sins? Wouldn't you want your sins to be open? acknowledged before the judgment hallelujah going before you so when you get there god already knows about it you're forgiven washed in the blood baptized in jesus name filled with the holy ghost no problem there's going to be some people whose sins going to come after them so if you can visualize it when you go there your sins are in front of you taken care of you get to the judgment Your sins are behind you. Hallelujah. Got to be dealt with. And where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I knew you not, you workers of iniquity. Hallelujah. This is real. So some men's sins follow after them. Some men's sins go before them to judgment. But we know where God is. God is in heaven. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Hallelujah. John, uh, Jesus said he goes to prepare a place for us. Let's go to 1 Kings 8 and 30 real quick. 1 Kings 8 and 30. And it says this. Make sure I'm not in 7. Okay. 8 and 30 says this. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant, 
and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Wait, hold it, wait a minute. Who's in heaven? God's in heaven. Hallelujah. And he's going to hear and he's going to forgive. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's read that again. And listen and hearken unto the prayers, the supplication of thy servant and of thy people, Israel, when they shall pray toward this place and hear thou where in heaven thy dwelling, the place where you live. And when thou hearest, forgive. Here's where God is. He's there listening for your prayer. He's there listening for you to ask for forgiveness. Here it is right here. When you hear, forgive. Now, this was in the Old Testament. They were still acknowledging God in a higher place. They're acknowledging God in heaven. When they play, pray towards this place, and thou hearest in heaven thy dwelling place, the place where you live. Now, God knows where you live. God knows right where you're at when you're praying. So you can get down on your face and your knees in your bedroom, in your closet, in your living room, in your spare room, in your car, wherever you are, in your place. And you can pray and God can hear you and he will forgive, the Bible says. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let's go there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 14. Now, if we take our prayers to God and we have faith believing and we're sincere and we really want to change our lives, we're trying to avoid that horrible place that burns, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. And he says this, because we're trying to avoid some things. And we know that God is in heaven and he hears our prayer in his dwelling place and he forgives. And then he goes on to tell us this in John chapter 14. Right now he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. Believe also in me. I'm sorry, I got it messed up. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Acts chapter 7. Get your Bible. Let's go. Acts chapter 7. Hang in there. I know this is a little long for some of you. Come on. Acts chapter 7. We're almost to the end here. This is important because we're trying to avoid that scary place. And what is a few minutes of a of studying and learning how to avoid that scary place when you spend hours years maybe never even thinking about how to avoid the scary place here we go heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool what house will you build me saith the lord or what is the place of my rest hallelujah Heaven, this is what the, the Lord is saying. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And we read in 1 Kings how he's in the heaven above, thy dwelling place. Praise God. He's open to all believers. 
all believers. We've already read that in John chapter 14, verse 2. Let's go back over there and just just, uh, just go over that real quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And then John. Thank you for hanging in there. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. For you. You all believers, all that are born again of the water and of the spirit. God has gone to prepare a place for you. And he has a list. He knows who's going to be there. He wants you to be there. He has reservations for you that are on the list. I think we talked about that place reserved for you before. And you know, this is if you're on a list, that means you're on his guest list. That means he's going to make the the best place possible for you. And you know how it is when you have guests coming over to your house. You want it clean. You want it sparkling. You want it smelling good. You want it the best of the best silverware, the best dishes out. Go get the carpet, shampoo, buff the tile floor. Let's make this place look like, let's make it look better than it does for us every day while we're living in it. Turn to Luke chapter 10, if you would, please. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. The names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. That's something to rejoice about. We should take full advantage of that as believers. And as you that want to be part of the church, hallelujah, get in. Get in while you can before it's too late. Before he says to you, it's too late, too late. You know, you don't want him to say that. No, no. We're going to this place who's built by God. John chapter 14. Remember, I go to prepare a place for you. That's where I am there. You may be also. Who will be there? Revelations chapter 7, verse 9. Who's going to be there? Let's take a look. Oh, man. Don't worry. We know that there's going to be some people in heaven. We know that. But Revelations chapter 7, verse 9 says, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindred and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and psalms or songs in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying salvation to God which sitteth upon the throne 
and unto the Lamb. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's going to be a great multitude there, which no man can number. We don't know how many people. There's going to be a, don't you want to be amongst the multitudes? We don't want to be in the multitudes in the valley of decision, as we read earlier. Remember, multitudes among multitudes in the valley of decision. We want to be in the heavenly multitude where no man can number. Hallelujah. That's the place we want to be. Hallelujah. But being obedient gives you this right. Being obedient will help you get there. Hallelujah. Praise God. But why in heaven? Why there? Let's take a look at and being obedient to God's word and following his word, repenting of our sins, being born again of the water and of the spirit, living a godly, humble, obedient life. That will get us there. That will secure us. He said, for those that believe, for those that have been born again of the water and the spirit, there's already a place <coughs> reserved for you. And he has a list. Your name could be on that list. But he says, in the big house, there's uh, vessels of honor and on to dishonor. In other words, there's some people that's going to church. They're not going to be saved. And there's some people that's not going to church that's going to be saved. But the big house is the church. Hallelujah. So we got to get our, if our name, if we feel a tug, if we feel God pulling us and wanting us to come to church and wanting us to pray, wanting us to do Bible study, wanting us to stay into his word, we got to stay into his word so that we can make it because you'll get the Holy Ghost. You'll live a sanctified life. You'll live a life pleasing to God. And remember, your name is on that list. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you'll be part of the multitude. Praise God, the multitude. I got a little excited there. Sorry about that. No, I'm not sorry about that. Let's go to Revelations 21 and 14, and it says this. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And them and the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Praise God. That's why. Being being obedient gives you the right. Twenty two and fourteen. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have the right. The right. Wait a minute. Here's that tree again. To the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of that city. For without our dogs and sorcerers, hold on, hold on. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whosoever loveth and make a lie. Now let's go over that again while we're getting ready to close. In this Bible study, we're going to end it in prayer like we always do. But listen, Revelations 14, uh, no, 22 and 14. Blessed, well, let's go to 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That's in red letters. That means that's Jesus speaking. Be blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life 
and may enter in through the through the gates into the city. Uh, actually, this means that they recorded what Jesus was saying. Sorry about that. This was John the Revelator. For without our dogs, without the outside of the gate, not without a gate, but outside of the gate of the city, it says, if you have the right to the tree of life, you may enter in through the gates into the city. For without, for outside of the gates of the city are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that all that have heard this lengthy Bible study, which is really not that long, really about an hour, hallelujah, hour and 15, 25 minutes, that they're able to be scared, shaken in their shoes, shaken in their mind, hallelujah, on get out of the valley of decision and decide to live for Jesus because the multitudes, multitudes were in the valley of decision. But as we read in the book of Revelations, there's multitudes that no man can number that's going to stand before the throne with a white robe, hallelujah, and with a song or psalm in our hand, hallelujah. And we're going to be singing in that great choir one day, God. So I pray tonight, today, Lord, that you touch the hearts and the souls, drive them to a place of repentance, Lord. Bring them to a place of repentance and a changed heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Until we meet again, amen. Thank you for listening tonight for the special edition of the scary message. Stayintohisword.com. Stay.intohisword.com. The one way you're going to make it in is to stay into his word. So we encourage you to come back, share this message with a friend, relative, neighbor, a loved one. And we'll see you next week. Uh, hopefully next Friday. We try to always put out another message on Friday. And if, if not Friday, we do it by Saturday. God bless you. And we'll talk to you then.